All right, uh, in the studio with me is Dr. Kira Kelly. As we once again, we look at the Right Hook Health Checkup. You send your questions to by 3106. Now, uh, given that uh, a lot of your answers are uh, inordinately long, uh, what I thought I would do, Dr. Kelly, is kind of slightly bundle them together. So one long answer would cover a few questions. You, you do hate to hear me talk, George. It's quite right. Now, I, a lot of people, this is really interesting. What are the names, what are the guys who look after feet? I don't mean chiropodists, doctors. What are they called? Well, orthopedic doctors. No, no, to. there's a name for a doctor who looks after You're thinking you. of podiatrist, but podiatrist is just another word for chiropodist. Oh, is it? <laughs> yes. All right, okay. Anyway, oh, well, now I met a prof fella who looked after my grandson's flat feet. Some of the orthopedic guys are foot right. specialists. Thank you. But there's a lot of problems with feet, yeah. probably because it bears so much weight. Yes, exactly. Well, what about a husband, 40, a bruise under his big toe, didn't injure it, no pain, no particular odour, but it looks awful, it's black, he's got it for six months. Now, can I just put to you, no pain, didn't injure it, no nothing, why is he worrying about the colour of it? I think he should worry about the colour oh? of it. Yeah, well I do, um... I have seen digits go black sometimes and uh, this doesn't sound like they can go black with infection but this doesn't sound like infection because that would be painful and all yeah. sorts of things. Sometimes you see things like this when someone has thrown a clot into into a digit, into a finger or a toe. I think he needs to go and have it looked at and he needs to find out why it's like that and that's the important thing. Yeah, I walk around on my bare feet and I banged them off. Uh, I did it last night. I was trying to grab a quick coffee uh, between shots in the Open Championship and I hit it a ferocious bang off, off a chair and it's all black this morning. Now, what about the fellow with, we're still on big toes. Okay. Another fellow now has pins and needles. Feels okay. like a trapped nerve. And then every so often, a hot needle into his instep. Poor old Johnny is 55. Well, he's absolutely right. If he has pins and needles, it is something to do with his nerves because that's a nerve symptom. Yeah. Uh, lots of people get peripheral neuropathies, which is nerve sort of conditions of the of the extremities like the feet for a variety of reasons one of the most common one is diabetes but there are other ones like alcohol or you could have some kind of a nerve trapped in your lower back that's causing you problems in your in your foot so there's a variety of reasons in your big toe yeah which is a variety of reasons why but you what about the hot needle in the sin step it sounds very painful but <laughs> I would suggest we need to find out what it is if, if it's poorly controlled diabetes that needs to be looked at if it is that he's hitting the booze very hard but he hard, would have said he, if he had diabetes now he to be may not know he has diabetes, oh, oh, George. Yeah, we true, may, we true, may true, here and now true. on the Right Hook Health Check be diagnosing his diabetes for the first time. We're that good, yes. Because he has a pin in his big toe. Yes, largely. I tell you, if the editor of The Lancet or the BMJ <laughs> is listening, you should get Kira Kelly to be writing for them. She writes for everybody else, so why not write for The Lancet? Uh, well, this is great. This fella has developed a noticeable limp. No pain, shoes are fine, all that sort of stuff. It doesn't say how old he is. Don't we all develop a limp when we get older? No, we don't, George. And oh. and he doesn't say how old he is. And he doesn't get sort of... He doesn't give us really enough to go on with um, to give him any kind of a clue with this because if he said he has a limp because his foot is sore, if he has a limp because his knee is sore, if he has a limp because his hip yeah. is sore, they're all different limps. But we, a limp that we don't know why he's limping and have no idea because why he's Because he's old and your, your gait changes. He still shouldn't have a limp for no reason. 
you still, for example, but if one I, man's example, limp is another person's gait change. Another person's sachet. Um, yeah, but your gait isn't supposed to change. Um, for example, children with limps, with undiagnosed limps, this, I doubt this is a child because we don't know the age, but I'm sure it's not. We send them into A&E to be scanned in case they have a septic arthritis or those types of things. So, so we don't actually know what's going on here, but maybe he would get back to us. And if he is listening now, it would be great if he did and tell us, yes, I'm limping because it's my knee is going out from under me or because my hip feels funny or whatever. And then we might have more of a shot at it because the limp thing is a bit broad, but he shouldn't have a limp. I've a few podiatrists coming on cribbing about you dismissing them, but then you doctors dismiss anybody. We are not who dismissing wasn't them. We're, we're, we're merely saying. What about the recurring pain at the top of his left foot that Greg has for the last two weeks? Well, like, it doesn't hurt when I walk, but it's sensitive to touch. It gets worse after he stands up when he's sitting down. <laughs> I mean, what's this about all these feet? Well, there is a lot of problems with feet and you have named it. Your feet are one of your large weight-bearing areas of the body. Yeah. They're there with your knee and your hip and your lower back and they get into all kinds of difficulties. It's not hurting him when he's walking, which makes me think this is not joint and it's tender to touch. It makes me think this is more tendon or ligament. Um, he probably needs to take some anti-inflammatories. He probably needs to get a bit of physio. But he has no pain. But he probably, but he's got something he's going on or else why is he contacting us, George? He's tender when he touches his foot. But I'm very tender. Well debatable as Elvis Presley would say love me tender um, listen we're all feet to be delighted to hear but these are two topics very close to my own heart one the first one is because I spent an entire destroyed childhood thinking women were standing me up because I had bad breath ah yes and they weren't they were just standing me up but it must be terrible this poor fella he says he has washes his teeth, he goes to the dentist, he has a mouthwash, but he has bad breath. And from people's reactions, it's getting worse. First of all, you said something very interesting in your intro to that question, which is that, that you thought people were turning you down for your bad breath and then realised they were just turning you down. There's an awful lot of people out there who think they have bad breath and they don't and because they can't tell themselves they get the idea in their head and like this poor fella they go around afraid to talk to people and there might be nothing wrong with their breath at all and talking from behind their hands their and exactly. doing all sorts of if stuff if yeah. he has perfectly good teeth according to the dentist and doesn't have gum disease and everything yeah. which I'm sure the dentist would have would have told him um, and if his stomach and all is fine the chances of him having bad breath is relatively limited now there are other reasons you could have bad breath um, you, you know and, and it is important to, to floss between your teeth in case there is any debris in there and also to clean your tongue but he went to the dentist but if all that is covered I'm inclined to think the poor man probably doesn't even have bad breath there are other things I Pe concur people sometimes do get little collections in, in the creases of their tonsils and they can be removed actually by you can actually sort of toothbrush your tonsils if you have to and other people do get kind of up or respiratory kind of sinus infections and that gives them a, a funny mothball-y kind of smell off their respiratory tract. But I'm not sure this poor man yeah, is breaking his own heart. Yeah, but the poor fella's going mad like yeah, might be nothing, swelling his mouth with Listerine. There might be nothing wrong with this yeah. poor fella. <laughs> the, the Dara has gout, right? Okay. I would say for the last fella, mints and deodorant and, and, and he'd be grand. Mints sure. and deodorant. Uh, Listerine's very good. Yeah. I find that if I go into the shower, I try and keep the Listerine in my mouth for the longest possible period before I spit it out. Do you gargle it and all that jazz? No, I just keep it there. Okay. Now, but your man, is it, it, he's worried about his lifestyle and his diet and all this sort of stuff. And he's asking me. I mean, he goes 
to a rheumatologist and he's going to be on medication like allopurinol for the rest of his life and so suck it up. Isn't that right? In essence. Yes, if he, if he is having recurrent uh, attacks of gout, the, the the easiest and probably the best way to manage it is to, to in fact, go on the allopurinol to lower the uric acid levels. Can you twiddle with your diet? Yeah, you can. And you can avoid certain things that people don't even eat in the first place, like sweet breads. Like, who the hell eats sweet breads anymore? Yeah, but a lot of people drink orange juice. And orange juice, we, me, will start... Yes, and some and some some of the green vegetables that people like uh, uh, and that are good for them actually um, cause problems yeah. too. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you that probably the, the, the lesser of all evils is to take the allopurinol, treat the gout, lower the level and, and, you know, get on with life and not let it keep coming back at you. I sent you an email from somebody during the week who wanted to know the name of those pills that are the steroids that I use for my gout. You use Delta Cortral for your gout, George. Which is fabulous. Well, it is, but Delta Cortral is a very strong... It's it's like a sledgehammer to crack a nut in some ways. You use it because you have other issues, medical issues, that we don't necessarily, although I'm sure you want to talk about them, but we don't necessarily have to talk about, that outrule you from using high-dose anti-inflammatories, which is the normal treatment for gout. Yes. Now... Listener from Cork. Advice from the lovely Kira. This is you. A hysterectomy. Went well. But now bowel problems. Soreness in the stomach. Very uh, uncomfortable. Going to have a colonoscopy soon. Any advice, lovely Kira? And I must say, you are looking very lovely this evening. (laughs) Thanks very much, George. Um, Yeah, I think you should go. You're wearing an off-the-elbow sort of ball gown. (laughs) I think it's called off the shoulder, <laughs> off the elbow. <laughs> Only you. Only you, Hook. Um, no, look, the thing about it is this is she's going to get the colonoscopy and she should get the colonoscopy because it's important. But does, do hysterectomies create like constipation or less? Um, sometimes postmenopausally, and she may now be gone into the menopause because of hysterectomy, you do get sluggishness and changes in your bowel and sort of things like that. Sometimes because you've had surgery and you now have adhesions in your abdomen, you get problems with stuff All like right, that too. Okay. So there can be But she's a getting a colonoscopy. Well, exactly. That's yeah. what she needs. She needs a colonoscopy and she may in fact need a scan too, but that's what she needs. It's amazing how uh, knowledgeable I've become on mastitis since uh, my, my two daughters and... Uh, daughter-in-law okay it's a, I, I knew nothing about mastitis but it's not very pleasant oh it's a terrible illness yeah because this a person is on antibiotics fourth bout of mastitis got a nine-month-old baby this is your breasts isn't it mastitis is an infection in the breast and it's often although not exclusively it's often associated with breastfeeding and the thing about it is your 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 breasts are very vascular so there's a very strong blood supply to your your breasts and because of that you become septic very quickly if they become infected so you see women sometimes coming in after having had a baby and they're gray in the face and they're pumping sweat and they're very unwell and sometimes in fact they have to be admitted to hospital for IV antibiotics and all that kind of stuff. This poor girl, my heart goes out to her because she's on her fourth bout, George, in nine months and she was in hospital with it previously. It's terrible. I imagine she's very unlucky that whatever has happened to her she may not be fully, fully clearing the infection so that some little residue yeah. is there and it's kind of regrowing again. Um, there's very little she can do other than take the antibiotics and maybe take a prolonged course of antibiotics. But also when she breastfeeds, she needs to empty the breast fully and she also needs to uh, breastfeed regularly because she needs to take off the milk from the breast because otherwise the breast will become engorged and that will lead her to further problems. Nope. So regular mm. breastfeeding, like quite frequent and really 
emptied the breast fully. I'm from another generation of Irish men who knew nothing about breastfeeding or mastitis, but I was exposed to mastitis as a schoolboy. There used to be a farming program on uh, RTE and they would say, absolutely perfect for mastitis in calves. I have to say, the first time I ever heard of mastitis was on the telly as well and it was like, give them the gentamunction or whatever it was called. Do you remember they used to put the hook thing into the side of the cow's mouth? Um, Yes, please don't compare our breastfeeding women to cows but it's they the have same it, they problem. have it hard enough in this country as it is to no, but it's the same problem well it is but in fairness to them uh, we, uh, you know I, I, my heart goes out to this woman and I don't think we should no, compare no, her to a cow no we're not trying to no. but Marianne is having an ultrasound today and she was told she had a fibroid associated with heavy period her HB is 9 what's HB? her haemoglobin is 9 so she's very anemic so she's oh. probably feeling weak and tired and might be having palpitations and her heart racing and all kinds of things and um, what can she do is what she really wants to know. There's basically three things she can do. She needs to do something because her haemoglobin is down low and her fibroid is causing her problems. There are tablets. They're relatively new and she needs to go and discuss them with a the doctor because they're a prescription to treat fibroids. So she could try that. There's now a medical treatment. Fibroids are, are... Fibroid is like a large vascular uh, benign sort of tumour. But, but, right, but, but when we say benign, we mean benign. It's literally a vascular collection yeah. Yeah. In, in the uterine wall. Yeah. And so so she, she you can take tablets now to help shrink that down that's the first thing you can have a thing called a fibroidectomy where they basically go in and if you want to be sort of graphic about it they go in with a bit like an ice cream scoop and they scoop out the fibroid and try and get rid of it and save the uterus or sometimes people do have a hysterectomy for this kind of thing if she's if she's in a very symptomatic way yeah yeah, I knew a girl worked for us in US rugby and she was terrified she had breast cancer and she had no money, you know, she had no insurance. And the only place that could get a doctor to look at her was in the, the worst part of New York. And I remember the taxi driver nearly refused to take us. And I said to him, you stay outside here and wait for me when we come out. But it was a fibroid. That's the first time I ever heard the word. Oh, yeah. I have to get veins out of my leg. We we just tell him, get it done. You and I have both had our veins done and you're better off in general afterwards than beforehand. Get them They're done. They're an awful nuisance. Do you know, they really are. And you know, But the question he asks is, but if they take out my veins, what will happen? He says, do I not need them? Um, other ones. There's loads of other ones. There's, a, yeah. there's enough other ones to, to, to make do yeah. and, and you don't have to worry about it. And your man, Sean O'Neill, making a fortune down the Black Rock Clinic. <laughs> well, he is. Taking out well, everybody's veins. But we don't know if this fella's anywhere near the Black Rock Clinic and nor do we know if he can attend the Black Rock Clinic because he may not have private health care. There are other vascular surgeons as well. Other than Sean O'Neill? There are. I thought there was only one Sean O'Neill is wonderful. I'm not <laughs> knocking Sean O'Neill, but there are others, yes. Well, what about Liz? She has cramps and she has varicose veins. Would the cramps be related? She has cramps at night and you can take quinine tablets for those. And you they, can't get them. I've told you a million times. Well, then all you, you can do is drink, drink the tonic water. Gin and you tonic don't need the gin. To it's the tonic you need. Since I've gone on the gin and tonics before bed, Liz, I've no cramps. Okay. I'm too sozzled <laughs> you to can't even feel know. The, you can't feel the cramps if they're happening. Yeah. Um, but yes, she, you know, she may need to have her veins looked at as well. But although cramps and veins are not necessarily linked. Why are all these people sweating? There's more of them. 39-year-old male sweating unbelievably. What's the matter with me? Well, there's, we, we, we actually get asked about sweating almost every week. Have you noticed that? Uh, yeah. And there's a variety of conditions that cause sweats. Uh, night sweats in particular, there's a variety of conditions that cause them. 
everything from very mild things to relatively serious things that I don't necessarily want to put into people's heads on the radio. Um, but so there's, there's, there's a rake of things that can cause night sweats. It may be you're simply overweight and drinking like a fish and being under a hot duvet, but it may be you have a medical condition. So you'd probably should go and get it checked. But the lovely Ingrid, for some extraordinary reason, put on the winter duvet instead of the summer duvet. I nearly died for the last three nights. She and it's the wrong duvet. Do you think so, she, I mean, do you think she no, did it on purpose? No, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. People should look at the duvet. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I've another food question. Um, did, I can't remember. I've lost it. I'd find, oh, yeah. Terrible bunions. And then also does a lot of distance running. Yeah. I'm afraid of surgery. Tough luck. Surgery. Well, here's the thing about this, okay? Bunion surgery is horrible. Horrible. It is horrible. It's very painful and has a long recovery. And although most are successful, sometimes people, they don't... And you're going around with a kind of a boot ah, and it's, all It's very of, difficult for people. Yeah. I'm not saying that they shouldn't have it. What I'm saying is maybe they would be able to defer it if they stopped the running. Because the chance of them being able to do lots of running after the bunion surgery How is very... How can you run with bunions? I don't yeah. know. Listen, very quickly. Somebody is on steroids and methotrexate or something for 18 years uh, for psoriasis. Yeah. Now the poor person's face is peeling. Then there's somebody else on pills for arthritis and their face yeah. is peeling. They're in Help tr- them. That's disastrous. They're in trouble, George. They are in trouble. And there's very little that they can actually do other than this, which is exfoliate the peeling and use suitable moisturisers because, yes, the medication that they are on for their autoimmune conditions, for their rheumatological conditions, is causing them side effects. But they may need that medication because they have major ill. They have rheumatoid yeah, arthritis and psoriasis. Yeah, but what do you want to do with the peeling? Well, exfoliate it and then moisturise. What's exfoliate? Rub it off with a with a something rough. Oh, 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 oh! I like rough rubbing d- off d- stop my now. face. Stop it now. Cherry active. Everybody tells me it's great for gout. I don't know whether it is, and I never work for me. Although, what about the theory that if you don't eat enough, you get bad breath? Yes, that's true, actually. Is it? Yeah, if you go too long between meals, uh, your gastric acid is changed and your gastric enzymes are changed and you can get reflux and belching and sour smelling smells that come up through your mouth from your stomach. Eat more. And finally, John in McCabe's pharmacy says no problem getting quinine tablets with a valid prescription. Well, I'm glad because you keep banging on every week that we can't get it and it actually is a very simple drug and it's very effective for I cramps. tried to get them while well, I'm going to McCabe's pharmacy. Well, thank now. you, McCabe's pharmacy, for letting us know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know whether I can read this out or not. Okay. Dr. Kelly always looks well, George. The thinking man's totty, says oh, Carl and Cork. Jesus. <laughs> I don't know whether to, to, to say thank you or not to that. Listen, I know you're an atheist, yes. right? But I'm offended by your continual use of the holy name. I I'm use the holy name offended. appropriately. <laughs> I, I Every five minutes. I offer it up like a like a like a Every like an expletive minutes. to emphasize my 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 upset about things.